sound check. It's not where you ski, but who you ski with, kind of. And yeah, it's, this place is the sickest. The more I traveled like out of the world, that's where I really realized like, damn, we got something special over here. And yeah, for sure, give us some brown, RRR. The sickest thing about X Game is that it doesn't really feel like a contest. Well, I would love to introduce the next guest to the Passion Report, none other than Ed Joy himself. We are here in uh, Montreal, his home turf. And we're uh, we're gonna get to know him a little bit more. But without further ado, let's uh, let's get a little get a little intro from Meeks. All wave out, no wave in. Yeah, hard body, hard body. Cut a cut a cut. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hey yo yo yo. Hey yo yo yo. So how you doing, Ed Joy? Doing great. Yeah. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Doing fantastic. I'm loving being in Montreal right now. You got a, a nice uh, nice place you're from. Definitely. A lot of diversity. And that's the richness of it, you know. That is the richness. And also pretty close to uh, some good skiing. Yeah, definitely. We make a work out here with what we have. And uh, you, you've lived here like your whole life. Or you've never moved for like longer than maybe a couple months or... Yeah, always lived uh, here and pretty much, uh, I mean, always kind of like Quebec is so big, you know, so um, kind of been exploring the whole province, but never left uh, more than a month or two. I feel like always been uh, like kind of in Quebec, like the province, you know, Gillian. Definitely. You've everywhere. been putting, putting Quebec, uh, putting them on the map for sure. As a New Englander dude, I was always so jealous of Quebec. I was like, damn, the Quebec, they have such a sick scene up here. Definitely, yeah. The more I traveled like, out of the world, that's where I really realized, like, damn, we got something special over here. And I mean, you go to Innsbruck and like, they have such a sick scene as well. And like, traveling around made me discover how sick skiing is as well. But there's something here as well that like, I don't know, I just feel so like connected to it and I don't know, it's my roots. So yeah, I always back uh, the Quebec scene and definitely keep it alive as much as possible. Hell yeah, that's awesome. And you're a Tremblant guy. Yeah, that's where I grew up uh, skiing at first because I got a, my parent has a cottage uh, in La Conception, which is like uh, just a town away. So been like 20 minutes away from the mountain and yeah it's like probably one of the biggest mountain uh, that we have in Les Laurentides which is like the region and yeah been lucky to ski there I mean like so many dope people uh, skied there and like came like especially in the free ski culture like uh, Philo Poirier, Vincent Dorion, Jeff uh, Cousson uh, Alexi Godbout and way many more as well like but yeah some of like these are like the OGs so yeah for sure hell yeah they they deserve some more rules don't you think big shout out to the Quebec OGs Canadian Air Force JF Cousson all the above I love JF he's a uh, is he still a Canadian national coach mm-hmm yeah yeah He's my coach at the moment when I compete and yeah, he's the sickest. I really like his vision and 
he just understand it so well when you know someone like me come on the team that definitely likes competing but is way more than just a contest skier and just trying to figure out how I want to do skiing and stuff and I just talk to him about anything and yeah he just relates and back me up so that's dope it's dope to have a coach that gets it yeah for sure for sure for sure for sure and uh yeah tell me you were you're getting into some film projects this year yeah a little bit for sure um this year was like the biggest one I feel like filming for a couple months and yeah I didn't do no fist event uh, last year you didn't do any fist events last year uh no I just had to kind of take a break and like re-spark the flame in me for the reason why I do skiing and yeah it was the best decision of my life now I'm like where I'm at right now I'm way more happy in my skiing and like in life in general and yeah sometimes when you do stuff uh, especially like competing it gets uh, kind of like hectic and I don't know like overwhelming and I don't know like traveling as well and not having to like uh, I, I don't know I love being in my roots so like for me to be in Quebec for like pretty much the whole winter was like a dream like I never get to experience that since like I don't know five or six years ago since I started competing and stuff so yeah uh, filming last year was just like what I needed and still competed you know like went to X game and Dutor and Slush Cup and Jib League but way more like creative event and like I don't know different yeah definitely that's what I was thinking I was like damn you did because we did Jib League together I know you did every Jib League of the three and then I saw your X Games uh, two <laughs> two <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then you did X Games and so I was like uh, damn like I, I thought you competed like quite a lot which is impressive that you weren't in any fist events but that also says a lot like what's going on in the ski industry right now and how there's like more more non-fist events than ever before like i feel like two two three years ago you couldn't make a you couldn't make like a comp season or a comp without doing a fist comp pretty much yeah got lucky to be able to not do any fist event and still be in team canada uh, which i'm super grateful for so yeah it's like one of those moments where like yeah i just got lucky to to be able to do that because it's not everyone that can like take a year off of competing and do what they want to do you know and i just had to so i didn't give them no choice i just did it um but yeah they i'm still in, in the team and like hungry to do some more and yeah let's see let's see how I want to like balance it as well. I'm curious how I'm going to do that, but I think it's going to work, you know, like my skiing could go in so many directions right now. And I, s I choose to work harder and stay on the team. And yeah, hopefully, yeah, it's, it's a slow process. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm super, super impressed. Cause I, I've watched you at these events like X games this year and like being at X games, big air, and like filming like a, a video part is like insane because the level that skiing's on right now is like way beyond what it like it's just on a level beyond to be able to do both at the same time right now. Well said. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like coming out to X game was definitely stressful this year because I hadn't hit jump. I only been in the street, you know, like all day, like waking up, packing a lunch, 
leaving the house and then coming back at whatever super late one in the morning and do do the same thing again uh, the next day so it was just uh, a little stressful but then again like I I have faith and I, I trust my like what I've done before and I know that these tricks are some of them are in my memory and I I tend to like every year trying to be have like this new kind of recipe or like tr bag of tricks so then it's like I won't I'll rarely try to do the same trick again uh, like the the next year because I'm trying to like diverse my stuff and that's where it came that it was a little hard because I was like hmm what I'm trying to do like uh, I haven't learned any new tricks yet but I have ideas so yeah I was just like trying to reinvent myself with what I already have and yeah it, it worked out fine you know like learned uh, two two or three new tricks uh, that night and I was not even like thinking of competing because earlier that week I hurted my ankle pretty bad in soap style practice so I had to pull out of soap style unfortunately and then like last minute before the big air started uh, yeah did the practice and figured out that I could only land switch so I adjust again I had to adjust my tricks uh, selection so then my bag of tricks was like even less uh, there was just less tricks that I could do but still managed to like figure out how I can like be creative or like do something new and still like come like be okay with my body so yeah I could only land switch and it worked out super fine you know like made it out and ended up fifth and yeah so stoked and had a blast you know kids out there are so stoked and X Games pretty dope. Definitely. I love watching you compete at the X Games because you have, like, a different energy about you. Like, the whole time competing, like, you're putting on, like, such a show, but it's not even, like, I don't even think it's for anybody. I think it's, like, for yourself. And uh, I'm just, like, I love watching you ski, like, after the jump and just, like, everything about this super sick. Thank you, bro. Yeah, the whole week as well, like, was super fun. Even though I hurt my ankle, like, I feel like, the sickest thing about X game is that it doesn't really feel like a contest. Like, even though it's like crazy promoted and stuff, like when you ride, I feel like, you know, we were like in the lounge talking with all the homies and then going skiing with all the homies. For sure, the, some coaches are there, but like, I don't know, you don't really ski with your coaches at X game. You just ski with your friend and kind of vibe out. And that's where you're like, try new stuff and, I don't know. It's like really uh, unique, you know. Definitely, yeah. The lounge vibes are all-time excellent. You can get like a haircut in there, a massage. All the homies are there. Like it's a huge reunion. Like people have no idea. Like behind the scenes, it's so 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 sick. Um, but yeah, tell me, what were the two tricks you just learned in, in practice? Mm, actually, in the contest. In the contest. Um, yeah. Uh, trip sixteen. Um, yeah, just the triple 16, but instead of like doing seven to three to five, I did three to seven to five. So just kind of like switching up the, the axis, how you would do a normal triple, like the traditional way. I just went like a different way. So that for me, that was like this little nuance. And then, um, trip 19 as well. Never done that. 
but it was sick. Yes, yeah, seven to seven to five. And then the switch, I did switch to bio 18 mute, but actually never, like people have done that, but for myself, I've never <laughs> done that. So it was just like super sick. And then last trick was uh, uh, quad 16. I just ran out of idea and kind of like thought that was a sick, a sick one to showcase as well, how flat my axis was, but unfortunately couldn't put it down. But yeah, it was just sick to try. Got super close, but yeah. It's so sick. I, I remember watching that quad attempt and I was like at a loss for words. And I think that that is like so, so sick. And it's on a, a whole nother, whole nother level. Uh, what's your vibe of like trying like new tricks like in the competition? Does it like hype you up or do you think about like sort of like, I don't know if it doesn't go good, it's on national TV or what, what, what's your thought process there? <laughs> I don't think there's much thought in that. I feel like you, I can't think about TV or anything except my skin. And again, like, as I said earlier, I have faith and like, I believe in my skiing and like you, you at this moment, you kind of have to, if you don't, then it's like, I don't know how it's going to turn out, you know, but like, I just believe 100% that like, I'm going to make it and I, I'll, I'll be able to figure it out how to get back on my feet. But I don't know, I don't really like too much like trying like stunts. And I feel like that's stunts. When I do those tricks, like for the first time in the contest, it's kind of like um, circus. But, uh, you know, I can... I'm able to do it. So I just put on some Jimi Hendrix, uh, Voodoo Child, and was bumping that the whole time, every run. Just this insane guitar playing and got me so hyped. And on the, yeah, like I'm having goosebumps right now when I think about it. And yeah, it's like having, being in the zone and like a lot of breathing as well. Trying to stay as chill as possible, like so chill breathing in and out from the nose and just like being in the moment present and smiling and yeah that's how i like set myself set myself up for success that's super nice i'm sure there's like tons of kids uh or tons of people watching who are like taking inspiration i'm taking inspiration because uh last year was like uh, first time i competed like in a live competition in a long time and uh, to tune out like the the audience and to focus on your own performance and to also like control your energy and emotions when there's like so much outside influence I think is something that is not uh, easy whatsoever well said no it's definitely a little challenge but yeah I feel like uh, when you realize that it's just another day of skiing and it's not about the camera and or everyone at the bottom is just you on the hill um, yeah, it kind of gets easier or like less pressure. I kind of like trying to get those filter out of my uh, mindset. So then, or like in my mind, I kind of like try to get those filter out. So then I'm just like me on the hill and is that. Definitely. I was watching before this, I was doing a bit of my research because, I mean, I'm very familiar with you, but there's stuff you you never really know. And I rewatched you did like um, second place in a Big Air Aspen and you did Trip 16 uh, guitar grab, like guitar mute. Mm -hmm. 
and that was a pretty damn psycho. And you're saying doing like the trip 16 this time, but going three, seven, five, like that is a crazy, crazy, crazy nuance because I don't know. It's just, it's, I can't even explain the same way at home. It's just the people who know, know how psycho that is. And if that's like, I don't really think, has anybody done that before? Have many people done that before? Uh, yeah, I do believe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think some people did it. I think uh, Zane, Zane, one of the um, U.S. homie, did it like a four years ago-ish. But the inspiration didn't really came from that. I think it was just like trying to like do this trip 16, like this something that wouldn't really score well in the big air nowadays because it's not good enough. And kind of like tune it so then it's like this new thing. So then, yeah, again, it's like, on another level like just more tech than like crazy definitely uh where did you get this jump game uh growing up on the east coast i mean where we have great skiers come from the east coast but you know i would say that with the conditions out here and uh and jumps they don't always don't always collide to many good days so i remember seeing you you just like exploded on the scene with like switched up misty 16s and like a, a really deep, deep uh, jump game. So where did, where did you cultivate that jump game? Thank you for asking that. I think it's uh, pretty important to talk about it. And yeah, I feel like here in Quebec, we we used to have a sick jump, uh, for real, like Mont-Tremblant, Avila, uh, Val-Saint-Combe, uh, Stoneham, La Relais. They used to have like all these massive jump and I feel like since six years ago, since like I started competing, um, I don't know, all the insurance kind of like took over park and had to downgrade everything. So yeah, as like I grew up trying to like be this athlete, like learning how to do jump, we didn't have much uh, for like doing like triple or anything, like barely double. I remember doing like my first double in Mont Tremblant, I think I was like 11. And yeah, learned, it was a dub flat, flat spin seven and learned it from like a foam pit. But like like this foam pit that uh, Mont Tremblant had uh, made from like the local who in the summer built it from like uh, old hospital bed. So we would have to go there in the winter and like take all the foam out, which is like hospital bed cut with a chainsaw or something to air it out so we take it out put it back in and then we, we we could like jump so i got like first introducing to like flipping twice on like a little foam pit like diy stuff because yeah we're just trying to learn new tricks you know and then um after like in between that and me being like on the national team i feel like traveling um for like more like national uh, competition that's where i like get to go to new park and stuff and try a bigger jump and work on like the basic and then trampoline was like a sick one that really really helped me uh like getting my i don't know axis and style and both ways rotation um, nothing like gymnastic, really freestyle. Like it was the sickest. Just go trampoline with a tie dye shirt or something, and 
you know, like I grew up with having a trampoline too in my backyard. So uh, that my brother bought when he was, yeah, super young. And I was just using his trampoline and yeah, that really helped in me. And then I think when I was like uh, 14-ish, uh, that's when in Saint Agathe, uh, Maxino uh, bought this old uh, ski resort called Mont Castor. And kind of like tuned it into like a, um, like professional athlete center or like not professional athlete center, but more like just a place where you could like train and have repetition. Uh, so we just like brought this uh, rope toe from top to bottom and you would just grab the rope and in like 30 seconds you'll be up the mountain. So that again, like in the winter, I started like that uh, having way more repetition in on jump. And he was like, at that time, as I said, like in 2014-ish, 15, um, the park were slowly downgrading. So at, the, at that time, he was already like having the biggest jump uh, in the, like in Quebec pretty much, you know? And then like, I think 2016 or 17 or 18, <laughs> somewhere around that, um, he bought an airbag. Uh, and that again, like, was uh, was huge for all the Quebec scene. Like, first time we have like something proper to try new tricks on. And at the beginning, I was like, I remember being super hyped on airbag because where can we ski in the like? I never traveled the before I got pro or kind of pro. <laughs> uh, I never traveled in the summer to go skiing. I always uh, stayed home and skated and swim and do my own thing you know and for the first time I had the chance to go skiing in the summer it wasn't really skiing because like you're not skiing on snow but still I was I had my ski clipped and I could just rip and try some new stuff so I got so stoked on uh, skiing in the summer at home and it's maybe like what half an hour an hour from where I live so pretty close as well would take the bus Shout out L'Inter, which is the bus that I took. Kind of hate it, but love it at the same time. If you know, you know. And um, yeah, got to practice a lot on the airbag, which was super sick. I, don't, I just remember like being hyped, hyped on it and got my first job as well at Maximize uh, around that time. Uh, I was 16 running uh, a day like just a camp pretty much and it was super sick had a lot of work to do but I could work and like teach so I was a coach and uh, so I would coach kid my age younger or even older and um, at the end of the day I could have a session for myself so it was super sick I got to yeah just work, make some money for my season, and then have a little session after. And that was really the game changer. So I did that six days a week for two months. And yeah, after that, uh, that year after, I got on the, the team pretty much. And since then, I didn't have to work again because I, I just like, I had goals with skiing and stuff at that time. And it was like to be on a national team. So I was on the C team 
and then next year I was on the B team and then the next year I was on the A team. So like I didn't fuck around or sorry for swear uh, you can swear swearing. on this podcast. <laughs> but um yeah, I just like really like had goals and I didn't have much money to put in skiing. Like my parents definitely helped me a lot. Shout out mom and dad. Um but yeah, I had to make extra biscuits for for paying the season so i knew like i couldn't do this for too long so i was like if it works it works if not i'm gonna do something else and here i am now like it worked out super fine and everything kind of like aligned super grateful and blessed for everything that kind of like went in my direction for that yeah definitely it's a, a beautiful story you're, you're telling and obviously everything you know has a bit of luck but also like i think you also make your own luck and you know i know i've seen the way that you work hard and and also like you have such a positive energy about you like everyone who meets you will tell you that you have like one of the most positive attitudes of all time so i'm not too surprised that you attracted the luck there but i just want to give a nice uh a route to uh the maximize people for creating amazing facilities for the quebec skiers extra oh extra rude that they were also uh your first uh your first boss and uh super cool that you could like mix that passion where you could go every day improve your skiing and like summer skiing is like huge like when i was a kid i would force my mom to drive me two hours and a half to ski like a summer setup that was just a box it was like a flat box to a down box and i would like force her to do that like once a month because i had to ski in the summer and especially when you're on the east coast of north america there really is no no other options and uh it's such an advantage like every single day on skis is a day to get better but i like to think that the east coast skiing mentality like where i'm from and where you're from are obviously different parts of the east coast but there's some things that we have shared together and uh, i think it's kind of like that feeling of like wanting something and visualizing and not being able to do it every time and then when you get that like for example like you knew what it was like to sit all summer and not be able to ski and then that opportunity comes to Quebec and then you're drive, you know you're taking a bus like a half hour every day you're working there and I think that that's part of like I think that kind of inspiration and, and, and visualization and dreaming of better things like makes east coast skiers like just so passionate and so appreciative yeah for sure <clears throat> well said I think we work with what we have you know and that kind of builds uh, our character I feel like uh, I didn't have the, all the opportunity to ski in my life, but when I had one, I took it and made the most of it. And I feel like now I'm here, you know, and I can ski with the rest of, like, yeah, it's super sick. I don't know. There's uh, something to to learn from that, I feel like, and to give out to the people as well that, like, it's not from where you're from, but it's, like, how you work with what you have and... I'm sure there's always a, a way to make it work, you know. Definitely. And I think it's like extra, extra inspirational. Like knowing, especially a little bit backstory, you can correct me. But uh, there was like a ski accident in Quebec, which is a province in Canada. And they sued the mountain. Uh, and basically that's why all the terrain parks in Quebec like can't have a jump over a certain amount of uh, meters. So it's like a huge disadvantage for any skier growing up in Quebec right now because they don't have access to to this and i think maximize uh, it's a private uh, resort is that correct that's why they can have it 
Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I'm not sure what's the deal with the, all that, but you're definitely right with the insurance stuff. Uh, yeah, the one guy died and kind of like made everything, like, I don't know, the insurance just didn't want that to happen again. So, yeah, we got super unlucky with our snow park. Um, it's, it's a work in progress, I feel like. I'm not sure how it's going to turn out in the next five or ten years but i'm i'm having hope you know because the culture is still there and i don't know i i think it's yeah especially we might not have the biggest jump but definitely rail setup are still up to date and nowadays like i'll pretty much only ride in mont avila uh, saint sauveur and that's where they have like the sickest rail park uh, so yeah i don't know I jib nowadays when I'm in Quebec a lot and I don't know with traveling around the world and having to hit bigger jump too when I'm at home I can kind of just work on the base as well like I don't yeah I got so much I got to work on from 180 to 900 uh, all forwards and all axis and grabs and tweaks and shifties and blah 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 you know so like even though we don't have the jump, I feel like we can still have our own flavor. And it's not an excuse, I feel like, you know, if you want to land in the parking lot, you can and squeeze it. And yeah, definitely. No, it's not an excuse whatsoever. But I just informing the audience yeah, uh, for sure. about the Quebec scene. And uh, yeah, I mean, I always think about it like, dude, when I was a kid, absolute best times of my life were skiing Sunday River, Maine. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The parks were terrible. I was a terrible skier. But it was the people around me. I just had a gang of like 10 kids from my age. And we would go up on all the weekends and I would ski from when they started turning the lifts to when they ended. Then I would go hike some rails after. And the whole thing, I don't want to say it was like escapism because that sounds like a negative connotation. But it was like such an amazing uh, experience to share with people. And it was like the, the sport of skiing. And I think that a lot of people like skiing because of that. And regardless of their professional ski or not, because it doesn't really take, like, you don't need that 100-foot jump, you don't need the 50-foot jump. You just need some snow, some homies. Uh, but back to a little bit Quebec culture. One thing that's really deep in the Quebec culture, culture of course, is uh, street skiing. Uh, that's, like, without a doubt, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it originated in Quebec, uh, but basically it's a, a deep culture of street skiers, and uh, I guess I want to get your take on street skiing and then also if uh, you have a project coming out this winter to, to tell us a bit about it. <laughs> long question. I'm, I'm so good at the long questions. <laughs> okay. Uh, Where do you want me to start with? Um, start with, give, give us some Quebec street skiing culture breakdown. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I'm, again, like... Growing up here for me was just normal. It's just what I saw, what I, what was on. That's how we would do it. The people around me. So I feel like street skiing always been in the roots for me. Um, but traveling outside of the world made me realize how like unique we have it, and I can probably take on from that. But yeah, like especially, I don't know, like. Yeah, our ancestral, like, OG skier, like, Phil, Philou Poirier, and Cusson, and Dorion, and, uh, I don't know, like, even ABM, and um, Casabon, and, I don't know, there's just so many 
like even Canadian like Quebecers that that did it here but like what fascinates me the most is like the outside people like people from Sweden will come here Finland wherever like wherever you're in the world I feel like so many like uh, pro athlete kind of came here and did what I wanted to do um, like we kind of have this microclima where we just have a lot of snow and you know our mountains are pretty old so like here the mountains yeah are just not that big so very round so it just makes that like I don't know some city are built the uh, on top of mountain like school or hospital or whatever so you work a lot with natural speed which gave us like so many room to like just build the kicker and have the speed for this wall ride or whatever name it um, but then now I feel like uh, snowboarding has been inspiring me so much like uh, Seb Picard and Louis Paradis and just the Bruners pretty much um, yeah I think they're the sickest like um, yeah it's there's so much I feel like I could talk about uh, from our our street scene but I'm still fascinating that like still in 2023 like people are coming here and are so kind of horny to come here and like trying to stack apart and stuff and some people might think it's blow blown out but I live here so I kind of know like the deep pocket and I just know that it's not blown out and that there's there's more for me like that's that's where I create you know like I don't want to go anywhere else right now to go do streets that's I, I know where to go here and there's definitely stuff that like just represent my skiing so much like features wise and I don't know the artistic scene especially in Montreal is like so on like again like so much diversity that just create this richness of like when it comes to like being a cre creative indivi individual uh, you see all the colors I feel like with painting music uh, just art in general you know so I feel like doing like I see skiing as art so I feel like doing doing it here it just feels right to do it and that's how I like started this year or like I've been doing shoot for over three years now but this year was like fully like the one that like I, I spent the most time on and again like so much learning and I don't know being smart in the street that's something that comes with experience and I feel like this year was I was pretty on point on everything had a good crew and was just on point with time and how we would build and how we would ride it and etc and making sure we leave the place pretty on like speak and span and make sure we leave it better than when we left just with being peace in peace with with the spot you know i think it's having good karma and stuff so yeah um definitely you have to break some rules sometimes but um i i have this i'm not there to do any arms you know so when i go on a on top of a roof or do something that I'm not like have the permission to do it um yeah I kind of yeah sometimes you that's what skiing is is as well a little bit you know like being rebel and stuff and I don't see myself to to rebel but like when I when I am 
I, I do it in the most peaceful way. And like at the end of the day, like, yeah, I'm not here to, to, to be a menace for society. I'm just trying to do my art. And if I need to cut this chain, I'll do it. And after probably try to weld it back, who knows? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, leave the spot better than it was before. If they had trash, take it out, put in, put in your car, take it away, you know, and yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I like that. You have to vague, be. Vague uh, uh, answer, but yeah. <laughs> ah, you know, ask a vague question, get a vague answer. <laughs> but I think you, you dropped so many gems in there. Um, Quebec is definitely like uh, gifted with having a lot of snow in the cities. Like it's a very cold, cold climate here. And uh, yeah, you have a huge advantage. Like you have that local knowledge. Like, like you're saying, like somebody comes off the plane from Finland and then like they don't even know. They just have somebody shows around the spots or there's like those spots that basically in every city like Montreal, Quebec, Shikatumi, like the spots that you're going to see when you like drive around that get mm -hmm. hit again, again and again. But you know those those deep woods. And I feel like when I watch like the snowboarders, especially like Louis and all those dudes, like they find like such dope shit because they're like driving to their summer cottages. They're finding spots that are like in places that nobody for a street trip would ever go. So I feel like you you can bring that and uh, it's a huge uh, home turf advantage up here in uh, in Quebec. Definitely. And even like the language barrier too, like having to ask people like being on the roof, like it happened this winter where like we were on this roof and the the owner just showed up and was like, what the fuck are you guys doing here? And kind of just start, start talking with him and being nice and just explain what we are doing and told him, and yeah, I'm, I ski, you know, and that's what I do. And actually pulled out uh, my phone and showed him that I went to the Olympics. I just thought I would give it a try. And then he was like super hyped. I was on his roof. He was like, damn, can you like send me the clip after? Can you? And just like give us a free pass because, yeah. I just was nice to him and kind of explained him the situation and then just had to write him a text that uh, it was everything was like under my uh, fault if something breaks or if I hurt myself. And yeah, I think that again, like just a little advantage to be on your own on turf, on ter terrain, you know, and yeah, like people when they think about Quebec, they pretty much think about Quebec City or Montreal one or the other i'm like dude come on like for sure those two are big but like you don't know how big this province is like if only you knew you know like and yeah we're pretty lucky i don't know there's just not many people for how much land we have so when you go up north or up east i don't know there's just like this this untouched zone and like always depends on the snow snow year you know but normally every year we have snow and some season have way more snow and just opens up like you know way more like roof roof stuff and jumping down of stuff like having a good pad of or a pad of snow or something yeah most of the time uh, we shovel the spot like shovel out not shovel in you know like we have to dig out everything which is a uh, way more job but then i like it fuck it i don't know it's not like showing up to a spot and there's no snow around and having to figure it out like for us normally we have too much snow to work with 
but it's okay. It just create new opportunity to, you know, make a little bank or how you're going to come into the feature. It's just, yeah. It's a good problem to have for the most part. <laughs> but uh, I do think that it's also cool because like when Quebec gets those like mega winters and you're like digging out spots, well, then there's like new spots that like would otherwise be maybe like too inconceivable to hit because you need to shovel so much or it's so high. And then the years where it's bad snow, then all those spots that you would never hit on a good year because it would be just not worth shoveling out all of a sudden get opened up. But uh, tell me about the crew you were filming with this winter. Yeah. I don't know. I come into this winter's filming. I didn't have much plan where my footage was going to end up. I was just wanting to like stack apart, you know, like I don't really care where it's going to end up. It's not going to be a solo project. That's for sure. I knew that, but I didn't know where exactly with who. Um, but yeah, I filmed with uh, Zach, Zachto, uh, one of my best friends and just like this super sick filmmaker from Saint Sauveur that we've been te teaming up for, yeah, giving horns for sure. He knows, he knows. Um, but yeah, he's uh, this super sick uh, snowboarder who have just the vision that I like, you know, and super artsy with it and um, mindful human and yeah, I don't know. We just click together when we film. So, and he he understands like, I I kind of I don't know. I love snowboarding so much. So I I like raw, and he understands it, and he he knows the vision. So like, definitely team teaming up with him is just like uh, such a good duo. And then um, was filming with uh, the snowboarder as well, like in my team, like. Uh, Dave Brown, who's like OG, uh, like OG snowboarder from Le Laurentide, from this region, and he's he's like 30, 35 almost, 30, 35 in between in between those, and still stacking full part every year, and he has so much knowledge. So I kind of been like, yeah, for sure, give him some knowledge. Shout out Dave Brown, um yeah so he just i soak soak up you know like when someone uh, that has more knowledge than me i'm not jealous i'm just so stoked i'm like yes thank you and we just like being with him for a whole whole season was just super sick so much to learn and uh we kind of like both ride the same way kind of like trying to find lines and trying to hit stuff a little funkier than people would normally do like we're not just trying to find this little down rail we're definitely trying to like yeah find funky stuff so we just it was just a good thing to be good thing to be with him uh this year and like kind of challenge yourself like oh i found this you let's get it let's get it and etc um and we were on him on one as well so kind of like filmed with him for from December till end of January, pretty much. And then um, in February, um, he cook Ethan, Igor, and uh, Igor. 
And then he became uh, to show. Big air horns for Danny B. Thank you. Um, but yeah, they they came to to my place for two or three weeks, and it was the sickest because like for the first time I was uh, receiving people from uh, just from other places in the world coming to to my place and kind of like showing them where I live and where I went to school and where like my little chilling zone and what I do and meet my friend and I don't know it was just so sick like it was really like something in my heart that I was like so stoked to have like uh, other friends from like like Danny from Europe and um, or like from Austria and um, Ethan from uh, Penn, Pennsylvania just coming to my place and not knowing at all what to expect but just showing them the goodies and it was sick because like DB came and I just helped him we just the whole time he was there I pretty much we pretty much my focus was on him trying to make him stack apart because I already stacked like three quarter of what I've like what I had the, at the end of the season uh before he came so when he came it was just like yeah we're gonna make sure you have a part so it was like same thing, wake up in the morning, pack lunch, leave. But like the spots were like for him, and it was super sick to to see him in the street for the first time. I think it was his first time, like first street trip, and god damn, this kid's meant to be in the street. Ay ay ay, is like the raw, oh, so raw, and yeah, it was beautiful, very very nourishing to to do that, and then. Stacked a few more clips with them as well. So it was super sick. So fully my filming was done by Zach and Ethan that year. And then we got this like uh, second angle when I was filming with Zach. Uh, my homie uh, uh, GP Pocket. Legend. And um, yeah, he helped me for a second angle and stuff. So he's just this super sick filmer who will pretty much always film with like I don't know, 200 millimeter lens, like super crop, but oh my God, he's so good at getting me in the frame. He's He films a lot of documentary and like nature stuff. So he's very a patient filmer. So like me getting the tricks and me like being in this battle, like he'll always understand and kind of just be there super chill. And every time he'll get me in the frame and I just know it's, he, he'll get me. So it's just good to have like, those kind of like three filmer uh, doing my thing, and then yeah, at the end of the at the end of the day, like you always want more, you know. 100%. I realized that like, damn, I should have stacked more. Damn, I should have like. I think uh, once again, you need an air horn for putting on Danny B so hard coming to uh, come to Quebec. <laughs> I mean, yeah, when you were telling me that, I was like blown away because. Uh, that's such a nice thing of you to do like already like having him come to Quebec and showing him spots and giving him the local treatment is already like a huge hookup and then like Taylor making the spots for him is like so 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 sick and I think just speaks into what a positive and generous person you are because I mean when I hit street I wish I was that generous but I'm always super not that I'm selfish but it's a, it's a team thing you can never be super selfish you have to always provide but uh, I I guess I would say that that scarcity comes in of like 
always wanting more shots like it feels like you can there's something like wrong with your head when you're like making these street parts that even if you have a full part you can always have a better full part and i know and more diversity and more of this and this flavor it's like yeah at the end of the day yeah, i realized that uh, and that's that's for street but i think it it applies to all kind of like normal life as well you kind of always want more and at some point you kind of gotta like be satisfied with what you have and kind of just yeah be okay with it let it go um but yeah i i mean i could have stacked decide to stack more when they were there but for me uh to have to make sure danny had a part was like was just i don't know like it was if danny had a clip i felt like i had a clip you know because it was just this team effort and then at the end of the day we ended up on the same project which i'm so hyped and we're opening uh, me and danny are opening the hazard movie now which is super sick because yeah hazard as well is like this new little crew that's just like i don't know a little teenager having emotion and trying to figure out what they want to do in life and i don't know it's like really artsy and us and i don't know we're I don't know. I feel like it showcased so well us being teenager, and I think it's a really important phase of our life. And I'm just super stoked we're we're in it now, you know, and tapped in and next year again. And you know, it's just like let's see let's see where it goes and how it grows, you know. But for now, I'm like I, I don't think I would want my footage to be anywhere else. And yeah, the movement around it as well, and it's like again like how i want to showcase my my street skiing as well it could go in so many ways you know because uh way before filming street we were already filming like park and like wood stuff and being like super on it with like having like sick camera and like filming like 4k and having like good colo and like coloration and just like good sound and stuff so we with the people that I worked, that I, that I grew up filming, like Zach and Guillaume, um, those two together, like, we just, we were really, like, on, like, a professional, like, way of filming and, like, really, like, proper and elegant, which, like, I learned filming that way of being, like, elegant and proper and stuff and now decided to, like, no, I don't want to have much B-roll I just want to showcase skiing. I want my shot to be raw. We won't use second angle. We, you know, like, it's like skate clips, you know, or like, I don't know, not skate, not trying to like give example, but like, it's just this thing that it's like. A little more minimalistic, maybe. Yeah, pretty raw, pretty teenager, pretty like, it's it's not showcasing the, the just the vibe in general. Like if you're trying to, see that trick again you got to play back you won't see it again it's it's and to me again it's like yeah i'm really hyped to go on that direction because like again like for sure i could do a street part and film and all in 4k and showcase it well and being super proper and elegant but again that's not how i feel i feel right now in my teenager i have emotion i have uh fear and have like 
anger sometimes and I feel joyous sometimes and like you know it's all this little roller coaster of emotion and changing in my life so I kind of want my skiing to showcase that as well and yeah it's definitely I think it's beautiful what you just said about you and Danny B now like sharing apart because you're saying like when he got a clip we got a clip and you had no idea but that's true because you're you're sharing that part and I know the bromance that you two have behind the scenes is very real and uh, I also think uh, like you're saying like you learn to kind of like do it like a certain way and then now you're choosing to like do it a different way and I think about it as like an artist like abstract art like Picasso could probably make like super realistic art like he's a super talented artist but you learn all the rules and then you decide when you want to break them or how you want to portray them so that that's the way that I look at it. it's like you have to like learn and you have to learn everything you have to be a sponge you have to know every which way to make it and then once you know every which way to make it then you can start deciding like how you want to make it well said yeah it takes time and I don't know like knowing yourself as well like as a human being is a big part as well of like how you want to showcase yourself and it's still something that I'm figuring out and it's it's awesome it's beautiful you know and again like when Danny filmed like we didn't know if our part were going to be together but I really want him to have to have some street clips so even though we're not going to end up on the same project as like a friend perspective to me, Danny is like one of the rare skier that really understand me of like, not understand me, but like think the same way as me, you know? So it's really important for me that he's success as well, because I need someone like that to be, to be out there and like be in this world. Cause I, I don't know, sometimes competing and stuff, you kind of feel alone and where you are and stuff. And it's, it's all good. But at the end of the day, there's, I don't think you're alone, you know, there's, kind of always someone that feels the same way as you and you can talk it off and I kind of found found him and now it's just like he he's having a little hard time taking decision and making stuff for himself so when I see him I'm like his little bro you know or his old bro you know like big bro like he's a he's one year uh, younger than me so I kind of always like bring it up and yeah i i want this and i want him to succeed as much as i i want to succeed uh, like make it out there definitely i remember we were in innsbruck this last fall and we were at a rail jam and you were telling me like yeah i'm gonna bring danny b out to quebec and you're like you were selling danny b on coming to quebec he wasn't even you know he wasn't necessarily yeah, saying no but it was cool to see that you were taking charge and you know, I do think it, it is beautiful what you're saying. Like, you're never alone and uh, helping people is always super good and wanting to see other people succeed. And I do know what you're saying. You've probably been competing since you're a really young kid and competing basically more or less, for better or worse, pits you against other people and uh, might not uh, might not demonstrate that there's, like, enough success for everyone in the world, uh, which I, I truly believe in. And another thing you said that that was super impactful was, like, like documenting like years of your life and like the way that I look at it with filming street parts with filming any video segment is like I have a catalog of the last eight years eight winters I've started filming mm -hmm. my first part when I was 17 I'm now 27 and I've had a video part to show for it for the last 10 years and like when I when I rewatch, for example eat the guts it's like memory lane of like who I was at that time and like 
I'm always changing as a different person. My skiing's changing, and it's just so beautiful to to document that. And uh, yeah, but uh, back to the film part here. So you you took the season off. This is the most time you ever dedicated to uh, street skiing. You're happy with it. You say that at the end of the season you could always want some more. Sort of like what what does it feel like? Does this feel like the the best street segment you've made so far? Does it feel like something you're very proud of? Does it feel like you have so much to expand from here. Like, what, what's your feeling now after this season in the streets? Yeah, thank you for asking a really good question. Um, yeah, I feel like um, this year was the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I filmed street before, but this year was like, for me, I feel like my first introduction introduction into like this whole this whole world, you know. So the way I attacked or not attack, but like approached um, the season was just like, I don't know, with spot selection, we all, I only, this year was only natural speed. So that again was like making sure I have this taste of like having the natural speed and having to like work for your speed and stuff. And yeah, I'm really hyped on my trick selection too. Cause I could have gone like, Especially with contests, you know, we all, we can do two-ons, we can do switch and stuff. But, like, I really, really, like, kind of got out of my comfort zone and do some, like, wall ride both ways. And I don't know, just, like, my trick selection was pretty minimal. Like, switch out, two-out, some switch, both-way switch. But I don't know, it's hard to explain, but, like, just in general, like, I didn't go crazy with the tricks. That's what I mean. I went with style this year. And that's why I'm saying this introduction, because, like, I could have do a four-on this year on a, on the street, but I choose not to, because I didn't want to showcase a four-on this year. I wanted to showcase how you do a nollie one. I want to showcase how you do a nice switch-up. I want to showcase, you know, just, like, those little nuance where, like, yeah, uh, this year was like, it's not like the most crazy street pot ever, but definitely I think this year I found my flavor in the street and it just leaves me so much room for the future because it's just the beginning. I'm like slowly like showing to people what I can do and how I want to do it. But again, I choose not to do a four on this year because I didn't want to showcase that. So like my bag of tricks is pretty wide. But I choose to like with the spot selection and the tricks choices was like really import, important to me. And I had the like everything was kind of like thought of in a lot of details and making sure my hands were in the pocket and stuff. And yeah, it's I'm, I'm stoked, you know, like you always want more. But again, like it's experience, you know, and like if this year I had like no injury uh, filming and like I was dealing with a lot of ankle pain as well so I had to chill or like adjust myself on spots and stuff um, there's some spots that I thought it was too risky for my ankle so I didn't choose as well so yeah I chose my spot with how my body was feeling and what I wanted to showcase but ended up working super well you know and now it's just like coming into another season I just got way more knowledge and I don't know, like this year we filmed a lot at night too, which like opens 
it opened such a new world, you know, like buying uh, lead and light and stuff and making sure the spot is lighted well and finding all plug like we didn't have no generator. So sometimes we would borrow some from our friend, which was super sick. But sometimes we would just have to figure it out with like extension cord, like plug like all the way to the next road and to make sure the spot was light so then we can, we, the, the filmer can, can see me and etc. But yeah, it's, it was good, man. Yeah. Definitely. I feel like it's so important, like when you have those visions, like, for example, I guess as like a, a kid, like before I released like my first, like really good street part, like I was so unhappy. Like it sounds so dumb to say, but I like, I needed to show the world that expression. And like, I had just built so much knowledge in, in that like craft. So I, I don't know, I just felt like it was something that I had to like get out of me. And then I think I just think it's a, such a beautiful art form. Like people might not understand at all what we're talking about, but it, it is like making a painting and like, for example, like doing everything with Natty Speed versus a winch is like an artistic decision. Night spot versus day spot, artistic decision. Mm -hmm. Doing tricks that, for example, like showing restraint per se in the technicality, but then unlocking spots that have never been done before. Like everything mm -hmm. is like a decision. And especially when you have all your clips together in like one part in one movie and you can basically, it's like you're making something over like a whole winter. It's like three months of decisions that you make on a day-to-day -day basis. And then the decision you make today is based on the clip that you did or you didn't get the day before mm -hmm. or the month before. And then at the end, when it all comes together with that song, in that video, with other people, like that, that expression and that statement to the world, what type, what type of skiing that you're, you're possible of and, and what type of person that you are, it, it really does it hit that deep sometimes. Yeah, I definitely think uh, you can go super deep into, yeah, into like expression of selves with street skiing. And that's why I think I related the most and like, especially because it's it's a team effort as well it's not about only you you know it's got to be if the spots allows it and then your crew and then how you're you're doing it and for me it's just the most fun you know like sh pulling up to a spot with your friend and being all hyped on it and then shovel it and then having the vision and then succeeding and having the clip and i don't know there's just something so reward rewarding with that and on top of that, you can really add your own little taste, like this uniqueness, this something new. And like in 2023, you can still see new stuff in skiing. And like, it's still so untouched in my mind. There's still so much that, ha that hasn't been done and that can be done. So it's like, again, like, yeah, just the tip of the iceberg. There's just way more I want to do because skiing is an expression itself and that's for me it's like one of the best way to like showcase like my like I don't know my uniqueness or like it's not about showcasing your uniqueness but just like being being different you know and I think being different is like diversity and again diversity is is the richness I think it's yeah that's what makes us like unique and you know it for sure and street skiing for sure teaches you like a lot of like life lessons mm -hmm. like you're saying like it's trial and error and you can't be like stuck in 
yesterday's spot when you're on today's spot and you have to know when to fold the cards you gotta know when to support the homie you gotta know how to give know how to take know how to invest so much time and energy i mean i've learned so much like producing wise like a street trip doesn't make itself like i mean i guess you you live in a place where you don't have to travel but for myself it was like if i wanted to be a part of a movie well, I had to pitch sponsors to even make the movie happen. And then I had to figure out where the snow was in the world. And then how am I getting there? Which car? What equipment do we have? Who's coming? How are we paying for these Airbnbs? And basically, like, through the passion of wanting to make these ski parts, it taught me so much discipline in life, taught me so much about uh, motivation, so much about how to make something happen. And uh, I think that's beautiful, on top of the artistic expression that we all get. But uh, one thing I want to ask you, because... Now that I'm becoming more of an old head these days, uh, you, Danny B, Tor Mode, like there's a, a whole generation of uh, new skiers and it's super inspiring to see that you guys care about so much. You guys care about, I mean, you guys are obviously crushing it on a competition ski scene, but you're crushing it on making film parts and basically just carrying this tradition of what it means to be a free skier. And just uh, tell me about what, what's this uh, new generation of, of skiing all about? The sickest... I don't know. I'm having so much great question, by the way. Um, but yeah, I just see so much hope in this new generation. And I think right now we're kind of lucky, you know, like, or like just this whole thing where like, you know, like for the first time, I think right now our generation has uh, a past generation. So I have like ancestor and before like this ancestor generation, I feel like they didn't have OGs it, they, they just started so now we're in this generation where we have like ancestor and I just think that's so cool because we're kind of like creating from like like what the ancestor kind of like like the path that they made we're kind of like taking on to it but like in our own little flavor and like again it just opens door to like way more new stuff and even like my generation, but there's even like a younger generation now of like, I don't know, 13, 11 years old kids that probably look at us as like the ancestor and stuff. But yeah, I'm having so much hope in this generation. I just think it's like everyone, I feel like now people are having style and are not scared to be who they are. Because I, like, I don't know, I just go up to like a ski hill wherever in the world and like, in the park, there'll be people like wearing the craziest outfit and like some will be baggy, some will be um, skinny, some will be both. And like, I don't know, it just opens a whole new kind of level. And especially with like having soft, soft ski now in the industry and like now edgeless stuff, like there's just way more like kind of like opportunity for people to like really express how they want to ski with using like the full length like the 100 percent like tip and tail of their ski and not just like the middle of their ski you know like people are just getting so funky and i don't know it's super sick to see like obviously like some people think yeah this generation is whack and stuff but i don't know it's only the way you're looking at it then to me i think it's the sickest and it hasn't been that diverse i feel like and again like yeah, there's there's more there's more to come, and I think it's like for for us there's a, there's a lot we're gonna do, and someone like 
Ferdinand Dahl, who's like to me like the one who really gave me hope in this in this new generation. I feel like he's painting a new path for a bunch of the new new generation, and we need people like that. And I feel like people like Danny B, Tormode, it's like people that like will kind of like take on that flame, but like do it their own way, you know. But like you see now, Ferdy like in Oystein and Woodsy, um, kind of creating Jib League, which is like this new contest that gives opportunity to the culture. For real, that contest has an open jam that gives opportunity to five rider to compete with the pro and like having to spend like a week with them and especially stack some clips and edit with them, which is like so huge like to bring people from the culture straight to like the mainstream. And I feel like more and more we're gonna see, we're gonna see less gap in between those two. I think uh, the generation and the pro will kind of like be being the same or like not be the same, but like, I don't know, just uh, there's not much. I don't know. I find so much inspiration in like uh, not pro skier, like insanely, like insane. I don't know. I mostly don't watch pro skier that much, like a lot of snowboard underground and a lot of skier underground. And I don't know. To me, that's what I relate with. And I just think it's the sickest their joy for it is pure they don't do it for anything else than just themselves and like having to work or study or like deal with life and like on top of that like skiing and like living this like ski bum life because that's the only thing they like and like uh, give hopes to them in life you know so again yeah I think uh, this this new generation is gonna do a lot and like I'm just really hyped to see what's up next or like what we're gonna do. Like I have so much I want to do for the culture, uh, for like in the next ten years. I just gotta figure out how and when. But it's like it's all those those things that kind of just takes time. You know, it's like for me, it's a slow way up. You know, there's it doesn't have to be rushed. It's all about like now I know way more of like the OG scene or like ancestor uh which is super sick because now i know i never i i know so much about our past and the present so it's good and now it's like how can i like do what's what haven't been done or like what's needed for for now and some ancestors don't necessarily see hope in that or like believe in it so they don't it maybe it's their job to do it to like pass on the torch but if they don't like i don't mind i'm still trying to like bring skiing its own flavor like make sure that people do it for fun and like especially like do it their own way because like that's what skiing is about at the end of the day i think it's like being unique or like doing it for like having this expression of self how you want to what outfit you want to wear or what tricks you want to do and Obviously, like, the whole fist and contest scene has been, like, kind of kind of turning this, especially social media as well, has been, like, um, shifting, um, I know, the attention for some of the younger generation, like, 12, 13, 14, blah, blah, blah. Um, 
just like their attention of like what they see now on Instagram or any social media they kind of see like big tricks and that's what gets famous and stuff but it's not about being famous and it's not about being able to do a triple cork it's about being able to do a tricks and it feels good in you and like having this own little flavor that like that's that's what makes like a 720 so unique you know and like how can you make this small tricks look so effortless and steezy and unique like i don't know um yeah there's like the the mainstream right now it's like i see that people like some like especially with federation and like having way more coaches and accessibility now to do contests like a lot of young kids are trying to go that route but they got to understand that there's it's not about all that and if you only focus on that you're not going to go anywhere like skiing is way more than just uh, skiing with your coach and practicing your routine you got to go out there you got to go explore and you know like um go ski the mountain go ski with your friend especially go have fun challenge yourself with them create new memories create new relation and like all of that's gonna can bring you so much i feel like and yeah it's uh it's with like jib league and i don't know this whole like seeing db and uh tour mode and many more you know like I, it just gives me hope for this new generation that like uh the next generation is going to understand what it's all about you know and it's okay there was a little misunderstood in between uh you know this this little gap whatever it's it's, it's okay it's it's not the end of the world but i think like Sometimes I got to go down before I go up, you know, but I really see that like right now it's like it's speaking into like something like, yeah, just way that that just haven't been really done yet, you know, and like now I've just been talking about like contest kid and stuff. But if we talk about like a street crew, like pfft, mech, like it's it's unbelievable how how like. I think street skiing is dope right now and like all this little crew, you know, like big fan of Chromat, uh, Zoot Space for sure. And like even like Bulldoze, like, oh my gosh, so raw and like just, there's just so many like little crew like here and there doing their own little thing and being like wanting to showcase skiing in their own way and like, fuck yeah, do it. Like, don't found, found like, found your your yourself project you know you look at zoot space and like holy shit like this shit's the sickest you know like i don't know they just spend like no premieres just drop it on the random day like even like how you do like business as well like there's so much that hasn't been done yet and like way more independent like skiers are independent now as well or starting to um or like having like trusting to be independent as well and finding their own way to to like uh, found their like fund their skiing and stuff and creating a like ski brand like thousand ski that you're in it and jet ski and you know like i don't know i think it's it hasn't been like skiing is so sick right now you know with 
stuff like that when you look in that perspective so yeah that's why i have so much hope in it and i just want to like be in it and be part of it and help it grow and like not to have credit i don't care about that it's not about credit or anything or being famous it's about like this movement this culture and like like skiing is his own little bubble but as well like i feel like there's so much you can learn from life uh trout skiing like you said in street and like just basic moral or like self-discipline or like hygiene or like just shyness you know and like being able to like go communicate to other people like i speak french my whole life until i started skiing and met uh, met you know like english homies and definitely i had uh, some english courses at school but where i learned how to like express myself is trout skiing and stuff and i think yeah i wouldn't be the person that i am if it wasn't for from skiing you know and there's just so much you can learn from it and yeah it's 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 beautiful definitely and yeah like listening to you talk I, it made me realize like how many things are intersecting right now like in in your generation that didn't intersect in my generation like when i was a kid it was pretty much like okay so you have like competitions skiing wasn't in the olympics there's no federations involved it was basically like do tour they had the afp world tour some independent like ski tour mm -hmm. and then oh, yeah. you had like level one you had poor boys and uh, step stepped uh, more for sure and yeah yeah uh but basically the the path was pretty damn clear which was you either do the competition thing or you basically get a sponsor and then you get into these ski films and then once you're in level one film or whatever, you're, you're pro skier or once you're doing good at this competition, you're pro skier. But mm -hmm. now it's like competition skiing is like deep, deep in FIS, uh, deep in Federation, deep in World Cup. Uh, and for better or worse, uh, it's in the Olympics now. And uh, definitely like people are like kids are, are going out, getting the skiing with the sole idea of being Olympians, which was something that free skiing, I mean, something that never was happening when I was a kid. And then if you look at the whole, like the full length film, the, I mean, I, I think this is also like for good or worse. Like, I do think it's nice that like you're saying, like so many projects are coming from like small crews. Like for example, all the ones that you just said, like Chromat, Zoot Space, like all these people are just taking it into their own hands to make these beautiful, beautiful things. Okay, shout out to them. And that, uh, and that they're making it happen and that it isn't all just on like one or two or three or four like big film production companies. But at the same time, it does make it like more difficult because it's putting like people, or I wouldn't say more difficult, but it does make it uh, a different landscape. It's not as simple of a landscape as, as it once was. Then you put social media in there and then <laughs> that's a whole different, like basically every skier has just become in many ways like their own like brand, uh, which that was like not, as big of a thing when, when I was growing up. And then, you know, there's just so many more things to just put in here. And so it definitely is uh, interesting, the, the new generation. And I, I get inspiration from the new generation on a skiing level, but also like watching how you and some other people navigate it and just seeing how talented skiers are. And to me, that's beautiful. Like it's beautiful for me to see that like you are like the next extension of like, you're filming street parts, you're competing at X Games Big Air, like you're proving that 
like if you're a good skier and a passionate skier, no matter what, you'll you'll have like a, a beautiful, beautiful path. Uh, one thing that's getting me inspired to talk about right now is a little bit about Jib League, because uh, when I think about like fist competitions and then I think about like, oh, what's like a potential answer? Is the future just that fish has more and more power and that basically it gets more and more uh, monotonous? But then you have events like the Jib League, and the Jib League, for people who don't know, is an amazing competition started by Fernandal, Oystein Bratten, and James Woodsy, and uh, the riders vote. So you have uh, you have like the competition, or you have a jam session. Then after jam session, all the riders go home. They rewatch the whole jam session so that if you didn't see something while you're skiing, you can look at it, and then you you place your votes. And uh, I, I got to take part in one. And what do you think that kind of format? I think it's uh, one of the most efficient way to judge skiing. I feel like riders judge uh, kind of always lead up to like uh, a consensus, you know, like everyone agree on who won and who got second and who got third. And I don't know, it's just like such a sick way to to kind of like judge skiing because it's like, how do you want to judge like skiing every like every everyone thinks differently and like have this different taste as well so it's like putting like two judge to two judge to judge uh, whatever this whole field i don't think it really makes sense because they think differently and stuff and they have cri criteria and stuff so i just think like of a overall impression if every writer of that contest kind of think who was the sickest that day I think everyone's going to be kind of like, yeah, that person kind of like stand out. Uh, I, I agree. I think uh, like uh, it's inspiring to see like how many more rider-owned companies there are and how like rider-owned companies have like now like uh, starting to exist longer and longer and longer. And the longer that they exist, the better chance of success. And then, you know, I do think uh, free skiing Uh, in in large part is owned a lot by companies that stem from racing and that uh, like for example in skateboarding you could say they own more equity in their industry like skateboarders uh, start skate companies that then you know skateboarders buy from skateboarders and then snowboarding I would say is even more ahead of ski but mm -hmm. I, I love to see now that there is more independent ski companies getting started and more that are are doing good and I think that you know we're just I think we're pretty early in the development so I, I have faith that hopefully in uh, in some years that there'll be more and more independent companies run by skiers and riders that then start to become the bigger companies but then start to continue to give back and and everything and then I think it's like the same thing with like the the jib league like the the rider The rider input to like for example rider judging like when i when we were at the jib league like last year like I, i felt like every single person that won like totally made sense like there wasn't like when you go to a fist event or fist or whatever traditional slope style event you're gonna get so many times where people like look at the judging and go what the, what the heck what happened always and never uh, been in a place that hasn't been like someone like complaining Exactly. But like Jib League, when you're like getting asked and asking the people who are having to hit the course and like basically like the, the people that know exactly like what's going down and exactly how hard something is. Um, I think that that's like it's like, I don't know, to bring some symbiosis in these two conversations, like rider owned companies helping the industry, rider 
judge the events, ride around the events, like all that stuff I think is is helping a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as well uh, the, like I'll say diversity, but like the mixing in between ski and snowboard now, that's the sickest thing too about this generation that like, I feel like there's no more gateway or like barrier between those two, uh, those two things like ski and snowboard. I feel like now it's it's one, you know, like skiers and snowboard are sharing projects now and like snowboarders are riding Harlow pants and Capiche pants and vice versa with BS Rabbit and like those snowboard company. And like, yeah, I just see it's like this genuine help that everyone kind of like builds together and if we learn that like i don't know like union makes the force so i feel like um merging those two together kind of create this even bigger ecosystem to like or like economic system to like make sure we we push the sport in the right direction or like the lifestyle the what it is you want to call it you know 100 percent uh I think a very beautiful conversation. I think we should start to wrap this up as mm-hmm. we've been been holding it on for a little while, and uh, we got some nice dinner to go to pretty soon. But uh, I think we uh, let's try and give a little rapid fire off the dome. So I'm gonna think of some things, and you're gonna answer them. Uh, who's a uh, childhood favorite skier? It's so hard to answer, man. So many people inspired me, and they're not even pro most of them um if i have to choose one that the audience would probably know um probably tom wallish you know like hands down i just remember being so stoked on his style and then yeah uh casabon as well you know dolo um uh, line traveling circus too shout out to them for being creative and making skiing look so fun you only need a cone to have fun or like like you don't need much to have fun and that's why i feel like uh uh line traveling circus are super sick they just made that's like my deep roots i feel like learning how to play with your skis with not much favorite street part skiing um yo hard style by chromat uh i don't know it's just something to it uh, the whole thing um I don't know. Sid Loaf, I think, is super sick. Just the way, super underground, super, like, spot selection, rawness. He just have it, you know, and it's from this generation, too, as well. And I think it's super sick. I could say some more OG one, but I think uh, I'll give a shout out to this new generation. And yeah. I like that. Keep it that way. Uh, favorite trick for yourself to do? Best feeling trick? Cork five. Because you can... Cork five? Yeah. You can do so many grabs and so many tweaks and so many shifties and so many ways to do different axes and stuff. So, yeah, cork five is the illest to me. Uh, trick you're most proud of uh, completely? Yo, sick for asking. The switched up seven bore and arrow from Kimbo Session this year. Super random that I tried it but ended up working and it was just this one trick that like haven't been more stoked on the trick like that. It was just like, it hit the spot, you know? Favorite Quebec ski resort? Ooh. Oh, Avila, Avila, Avila. Every time I go to Avila, 
most of the time I'm alone, end up riding with a fat crew. Where, well, like, whenever. Like, I'll go at 9 or, like, 8 at night, or I'll go at 8 in the morning. I'll always end up riding with someone. It's not where you ski, but who you ski with, kind of. And, yeah, it's, this place is the sickest. A favorite ski resort, rest of the world. Mmm, <sighs> god damn it. Um, I don't... Ee. Why? I don't know, um, Patrick Offal, uh, I don't Shout know. Shout out Patrick yeah, Offal. For real. <laughs> I don't know. The real ones now, yeah. the Innsbruck heads. That DB put me on and now I'm tapped in. Uh, Nordkete as well and I don't know, Treblecombe as well in New Zealand is like a super sick one. Like so much terrain to explore. Definitely. Last question. Like, but what, what's been your kind of like, do you have like a moment, like a, a favorite ski moment that you have? Um, not really. I feel like every time I'm on the hill is the best moment or like, I don't know. Like most of the time on a shitty day, I'll ha like on a shitty weather day, like it's raining or it's pure ice or something, I'll have a lot of fun. Like, I'm really, yeah, I'm hyped on uh, raw weather. Awesome. I love it. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Laji, thank you for having me. So sick that you're here. And, yeah, yeah, hope to catch up and do some more. I feel like that was just the the tip of the iceberg as well mm. for uh, podcasting. Definitely. I, I want to have Explaining my story and stuff. And same for you. Great host. Great question. Thank you for having me, bro. My pleasure. Legend. It'd be nice to get uh, you and some, uh, like, you, some old heads, get like a round table style. Diversity is the richness. Arr, arr, arr. Arr, arr, arr. Good night, folks. <laughs>